I just asked the guy who was working in the beverage aisle, I said, so how do I get a product on the shelf? I have this idea where it's like water with some fruit in it. And what does it take? I mean, what do I have to do? Again, I was a tech executive, a media executive. I had no idea. I'd never been a beverage executive, but I had the curiosity. I had this ability to just go try. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Mind Valley is bringing you the most advanced education in the world. If you are a member of Mind Valley, know that you're going to get access to all of this for less than $2 a day. See, most schools like Harvard charge thousands of dollars for a college education, and we think this is rubbish. We know that in five years from now, you will be better equipped when you get to study from the likes of the incredible teachers that we bring on the Mind Valley platform with the curriculum design, the amazing storytelling, and the technology that really enables you to truly transform. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman to learn more on how to become a member of Mindvalley. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. I have an incredible guest today, Kara Golden, who's going to be here speaking to us about her latest book, Undaunted. And we're going to be going deeper into this story, these ideas, as well as her path to success that she has paved in the Silicon Valley area. Now, Kara is a thought leader and successful entrepreneur, and she's the founder CEO of Hint Inc., which is the best-known, award-winning hint water leading unsweetened flooded water industry. Now, it goes beyond giving people better water, healthy experiences that they truly enjoy. Her goal is to make as many people as possible get healthier by making simple, better-for-you choices that are actually enjoyable. Now, get this. She's been named by InStyle Badass 50. She fast companies most creative people in business, Fortune's most powerful women entrepreneurs, Fortune's most innovative women in food and drink, and EY Entrepreneur of the Year in North California. Huffington Post even listed her as one of the six disruptors in business alongside Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg. She's been a VP in the e-commerce business, America Online, has helped it grow to over a billion in revenue. She's an active speaker and hosts her own podcast, Unstoppable, with Kara Golden, where she interviews founders, entrepreneurs, and other disruptors as well. She's here to discuss about her latest book, Undaunted, her first book, which was launched in October. She shares the real stories about fears and doubt challenges and speaks more about how to overcome those doubts and the doubters. Kara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Now, you've had an incredible journey. It's amazing to see that you're like running this incredible business. You're an entrepreneur, yet you still label yourself as an accidental entrepreneur. Can you <laughs> tell us a bit more about this term and what exactly does it entail? Yeah. So I feel like along the way, I had this idea that entrepreneurs, they know it, right? They're born that way. They do things as kids where they always knew that they were ultimately going to start their company. And that wasn't me at all, although there were glimpses of that. And I worked for some pretty incredible entrepreneurial companies, including CNN back in the early 90s when Ted Turner was still showing up around the office. And it was a little later stage company, but it was still pretty early. And then I worked for four guys who had worked for Steve Jobs at Apple. I never worked for Steve, but had seen kind of, you know, different stage startups. And then of course, America Online, where I saw that company just go through a crazy hockey stick. But I still wasn't looking at 
ultimately starting my own company until I had a health issue, which I think people can totally relate to when health really becomes a part of your life. And that for me, I had gained a bunch of weight. It wasn't sort of an obvious health issue. There was no diagnosis, but I had gained a bunch of weight that I couldn't lose. I was so tired all the time. My energy was just down, way down and had never been like this. And I developed terrible adult acne. And after seeing a lot of different doctors, I finally decided no one's going to give me any diagnosis. So maybe I should start continuing to work out and maybe change that up a little bit. But then maybe I go on some different diets. Maybe I try different foods, count calories, and nothing was working. And that's when one day I was just kind of faced with staring at my Diet Coke can, my favorite thing that I did every single day. I'd wake up and I'd have my Diet Coke for years, not really thinking that it wasn't that healthy. Again, this was 16 years ago. And when I swapped out my Diet Coke for plain water, what I realized is that it not only helped me to get healthier and lose the weight that I was trying to get off, I lost 24 pounds in two and a half weeks, which was crazy. And my acne cleared up. My energy levels went higher. Like it was hard, but it wasn't that hard. And I thought it's pretty crazy that I allowed myself to kind of be a victim to this industry, this category, this word diet, thinking it was healthier than it was. And I think there's a lot of other consumers out there like me that would agree. And for me, drinking water was a chore. And for those of you who drink lots of water, you may not understand this, but obviously there's a lot of people who don't drink water who are drinking things like enhanced water. So an example of this is vitamin water or the diet sodas out there. They're all looking for health, but when it's not working, they assume it's them, not the catalyst, right? That's actually working this way. So I was deep in thought on this topic. Then one day I started slicing up fruit and throwing it in water to make the taste of water be better. And living this way, continuing to stay healthy for about a year. And then I was just grocery shopping, just being a consumer at my local Whole Foods market that had just gone into San Francisco. And that's when I just asked the guy who was working in the beverage aisle, I said, so how do I get a product on the shelf? I have this idea where it's like water with some fruit in it. And what does it take? What do I have to do? Again, I was a tech executive, a media executive. I had no idea. I'd never been a beverage executive, but I had the curiosity. I had this ability to just go try. People would say to me in the early days, especially, that's kind of risky, isn't it? I mean, you don't have any experience and you're going to go start this new company in, in a category that you know nothing about. And I, I thought, I've done a good job in these other industries. If I'm confident in my ability to actually come out of that industry and take a little bit of a break, I'm sure if I decide this really isn't for me, I can go back to doing that. And that was something that I kept reminding myself, even when there's doubts along the way. And that really, you mentioned my book. I mean, that's really the story of my book where I felt like people would ask me over the years, how'd you build it? How'd you do it? And you never had doubts. You didn't have any failures, obviously. And I wanted to share the story that I think is one for so many 
entrepreneurs that it's not just about being a unicorn or being a failure. It's the stuff that happens in between the lifelong learning, the journey of hard stuff that happens, but knowing that you've got to keep going to turn a bad day into the next day being good. All of those kind of lessons and learnings along the way, I felt like if somebody would read this, maybe they were having a hard time getting out of their situation or Maybe they felt like they couldn't start a company because they didn't have any experience or that they were super lonely sitting there trying to manage during a pandemic. More than anything, I felt like if they read my story, maybe it would give them hope to know that if she can do it, I can do it. And that is Undaunted Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. It's the book, not just for entrepreneurs, but other people who really are looking for motivation. I love it. Kara, thank you so much for that. And, you know, it's it's very fascinating to me because you jumped into this such a different industry. I'm very curious about that moment where you were at Whole Foods and you asked, like, what does it take to put a product on the shelves? This is a really interesting question because I feel most of us would actually not even consider that potential because it seems like that path of the unknown is such a hurdle to go over. It seems like such an unknown that, of course, I would be filled with doubts. Like, you asked that question when in your conversation, I was thinking, wow, what does it take to put a product on the shelves of Whole Foods? It must be so complicated. It must take years. I must have probably a lobbyist group. I must like I had all these assumptions and things of something I have no ideas about. So I'd be curious to know when you challenge yourself into going into something new or maybe even specific to this example, was it as complicated as you assumed? And then when you face those instances, how many steps do you need to take to get over this kind of paralysis by analysis? First of all, it's probably even more complicated because here I thought I was launching a product and a company, but in addition to that, I was launching a new category. And so no matter what industry you're in, for those of you who haven't really thought about this concept that I just mentioned, the concept of launching a new company and founding a company is like climbing a mountain. Launching a new category is like climbing Everest. It's a whole new level. And the reason is, is that if your product, your idea isn't out there and you want to go and start it, that's awesome, right? But the problem is, is that you've got to educate the consumer and you've got to potentially educate the gatekeeper, right? In my case, the buyers at these stores to actually want it, to know that they need it, right? And so how do you do that? And so for me, It really was, I had seen this work in my own life and how just changing what I was actually putting into my body, that that actually changed my health. And I thought if I could actually help a lot of other people just by getting them to enjoy water, then that's a movement. That is a major shift. If I could just get them to enjoy a, you know, $2 or less bottle of Hint, then they could change health in their lives in a time when I had almost given up, right? Because I had tried so many different diets and so many different types of foods and, you know, blaming myself. And I think that that for me was a time when I just thought, and I've really never even thought of this as a beverage company. I've thought of it as the beverage is really the way to actually help people ultimately get health. But I think that 
it's everything that you mentioned and then all these things that came up along the way where one of the things that I talk about in launching the company and really I've shared with entrepreneurs over the years as well is that no matter what your product or your service is, get it out into the marketplace as quick as you can and get consumers actually trying it. And so for me, obviously, we had to make sure that it was safe, right, for consumers to be able to drink our product. But things like I worked so hard to make sure that our product was, it was a clear product and clear labels. I never anticipated until I actually got it on the shelf, the difference that it would make in having like a vitamin water, which was colored, which had bright labels sitting right next to me on the shelf. The consumer couldn't see my product. And so if I was placed right next to someone else's product who had bright colored labels, depending on the lighting, I was screwed. It had nothing to do with the taste. So again, you can't even do focus groups around that kind of stuff. You have to almost just get it on the shelf and see what happens. And so do it in a safe, as cheap as possible way to ultimately get it on the shelf. But I think you hit another point, which I think is really, really important. The difference between somebody who's been trained in an industry versus somebody who's coming at it purely from a you know, purpose, there's a problem that they see in their own life that they're trying to solve for, they start asking a lot of questions, including some of the ones that you said, like, what do I need to, how do I get a distributor? The closest I had been to a distributor was seeing Coke and Pepsi trucks go down the street, maybe Cisco trucks go down the street. But I, I mean, I literally would ask, the merchandiser inside of Whole Foods, I'd say, so how do I get a hold of a distributor? Do I call him on the phone? Do you have a phone number for him? And he's like, no, you have to go figure that out. I'm not going to give you this information. And so I would go to the next guy. Maybe he didn't work at Whole Foods, but he appeared to be working for another beverage company and he'd be stocking shelves. I'd be like, hey, excuse me, do you work for a beverage company? How would I find a distributor? Who do you guys use? And so I started asking all of these questions and I would hang out in the aisle. And again, I'm a tech executive that had been directing 200 people in my former job. I was the youngest vice president at AOL, one of the few females. And now I'm faced with like tapping guys who are stocking shelves at Whole Foods on the shoulder saying, hey, how do I do this? But for me, it was fun. I saw this whole new world that existed that I didn't know existed and I knew nothing about it. So this is something that I talk about a lot as well, which I cover in my book too, which is I didn't realize that being in these companies that were going through huge growth, including AOL, it was a huge hockey stick. It started to level off. And for me, I just wasn't learning. I was being asked to manage and teach, which is fine. But I really believe that that is where leaders get the most unhappy. And the higher you go up in an organization, the more you're asked to teach and mentor and be a manager. And what I realized is that, and I say this to people all the time, it doesn't matter what level you are in the company, we're human and we all need to be learning. And if you aren't learning, then you become unhappy 
you become agitated, you become bored. That is what I was seeing in this new industry. And in terms of the final piece that I really saw that was interesting is I would go ask all these questions because I had no idea what I was doing, but I actually was okay with owning that I didn't know what I was doing because I was confident I had done great things in this other industry. But a lot of the questions that I was asking when I would hear from bottlers, for example, who were bottling products, I would say, so why do I have to actually put preservatives in my product? Right? Good question. And they'd say, just because. But how come? How come? And they'd say, just because. And so what I found was that there were a lot of just because along the way. And I, my curiosity, and some people were annoyed by it, right? They'd say, just just because. And so then I'd go on to the next person. And some people would say, I don't actually know the answer to that. But that's a really good question. If you ever find out the answer to that, let me know. Or we can test some things. Some of the stuff that you're talking about is really interesting. If you don't mind spending some more time, to, I'd be like, no, I got all day. I'm, I'm here. I'm going to test it. And so again, I think that if you have experience and you've been taught a certain way, you don't tend to ask the same questions that somebody coming from a different industry are able to ask because your curiosity has become stagnant. You just do the same stuff every day, right? And so that is such a key component. And frankly, one of the things that along the way people would say to me that, aren't you afraid that if this thing really takes off that you're going to, the large beverage companies are going to crush you guys, are going to innovate, are going to knock you guys off? And I was super confident because of this what I had seen basically that I said, the longer you do the same thing over and over again, and you believe that what you're doing is just fine, you won't innovate. And that's the problem with all industries. The large guy doesn't innovate because he doesn't feel like he has to. That's the story of entrepreneurs that just because they don't have experience, don't cut them out of the possibility because they are the ones that are curious and are thinking differently. Well, you've just unraveled so much wisdom in this because it's so true. Like if a large organization is there, but you're someone that's coming in with, you know, a student mindset, curiosity. And I think one of the most important things I've noticed in what you're speaking about is you had a why that was very personal as well. You weren't necessarily just saying, I need to create a flavored water, but you realize no, no. Creating this water with the hint of fruit has been key to my health transformation. And you wanted to bring that transformation to others. So it started with that mission. It started with a strong purpose. And you went into the industry that you saw could make the biggest shift in getting people healthier. And then when you are there and you're having this curiosity and you're coming with these beginner eyes, you can seeing all these gaps in white space that most of these organizations are blind to, which is, I think, the natural way of them being blindsided is when you get to make these disruptions. And if I'm not mistaken, most of these large organizations, the only way they find themselves innovating is by acquiring smaller companies that have done a disruption and realizing, well, if you can't beat them, join them. But one thing I can't I can't help but notice is like you have this confidence, you have this, you're painting the path in hindsight and it's amazing to see the path and they all connect. Yet I feel like you probably weren't necessarily always seeing the sunshine. You probably had roadblocks. You probably had your own doubts and people even doubting you in the process as well. And so 
who do you think was the energy that really helped you get through those harder times? Because I'm sure it was not all sunshines and rainbows through the process. So there's an interesting story that I cover in my book. About a year into building Hint, I finally realized how hard this was, right? It was really lonely. I was trying to figure out a lot of stuff. I had four kids under the age of six. My husband had actually joined me. He was an intellectual property Silicon Valley attorney. We basically were, you know, working for free, trying to figure this whole thing out. And it was just hard. And I was sharing with a friend that there were so many things, including getting a longer shelf life, including finding a distributor that I couldn't figure out. And she shared with me that she had met this gentleman who was a big executive at Coca-Cola on a plane ride. And she said, you know, I'm going to talk to him and see if he'll meet with you. And so we end up having a phone call. I'm super excited, preparing for the call, like one week beforehand, thinking this guy is going to solve all my problems. I've been in 10 stores in the San Francisco Bay Area, doing really well. I have a great story to tell him. And when I get on the phone 15 minutes in sharing what I've done and that I'm a tech executive and maybe he could take the company over, maybe he could help me with distribution or shelf life. He jumped in and interrupted me 15 minutes in and said, sweetie, Americans love sweet. This product isn't going anywhere. And I was like, wait, what? He just called me sweetie. And I was thinking, wow, like this is crazy. And then suddenly that, whatever, rude, unexpected, just blah, that came out of his mouth. I thought, okay, now I got to I got to listen in to just really hear what this guy has to say, because he said something that was pretty shocking, but it made me listen. And so then I, I went on to hear him talk about how consumers actually want, we were at 10 calories as an industry 15 years ago. He said, consumers want zero calories. They want it sweeter. They really think that you know, just lowering the calorie level, that's what will happen. Okay, maybe this happened to you, but that's not normal. That's not the industry. And never in that one hour did I hear him say exactly the way that I had described my company, which was health. And so I just listened for the entire rest of the time. We hung up the phone. It was all fine. I thanked him for his time. And I realized that he was sharing with me strategy, what he had learned and what he believed, frankly, about who this consumer was. Very different from what I was feeling from my own personal life, but also from my customers. So I had I had customers that were calling me and emailing me from day one from being on the shelf. Again, small base in the Bay Area. But I thought, that's not who my customer is at all. They're sharing that I'm helping them drink water. I'm helping them control their type 2 diabetes. I'm helping them get through chemotherapy treatments to mask the metallic taste. So I thought, this is all about health. It's all about people trying and not succeeding. And suddenly they find hints. So I had a decision to make. I either was going to give up or I was going to put the gas on and really move forward. And I thank him for actually saying something which really caught me off guard because when sometimes when people say things that are so, again, obnoxious, rude, whatever you want to say it, you're like, oh, wait, this person's different for a minute. Let me keep going down this river with them for about 
a couple of minutes and really try and figure out if he's really a jerk or what is going on exactly. And that's when, you know, again, I look at that moment as totally meant to be. I'm a huge believer that points connect for a reason. I had to sit there. It didn't kill me, right, to sit on that phone call. Instead, I learned a lot about how we were different. And so much so that moving forward, when people would talk to me about large companies innovating or whatever, I'm like, they're different. He obviously doubted me, doubted my concept, but why should I pay attention? Here I doubted myself to be able to execute on this idea, but he doubted everything about it. And I thought, kind of what my parents used to say to me when maybe as a kid, when somebody said something I didn't like, they'd say, consider the source. That was a moment where I still say this today. People will say stuff and you have to figure out whether or not it matters. Sometimes people will say things even today. Maybe they'll come up with some reason. And again, you have to figure out whether or not it matters. And that is such a key thing. And I think the longer you stay in that role where you're thinking for yourself, you become a lot more confident, a lot stronger, right? Because you just roll with it. Now people are like, you're so zen about it. I'm like, I'm so, I don't care anymore. I just keep going and doing what I'm doing every single day. And again, I think that me knowing that I always had a mission, always had a purpose and thinking back on some of these conversations, which frankly, I feel really fortunate that I was able to have them. I always share with entrepreneurs, if you're lucky enough, like, who's your biggest competitor? They'll always name the big guy, right? And I said, if you're lucky enough to be able to go and have a conversation with these people, and maybe they're not so nice to you, maybe they're dismissive, you actually gain strength from that conversation. And I think that's really important. And again, it really helps you to distill your own purpose. Kara, thank you so much for that part as well, because I've noticed you've actually decided to put aside kind of the emotional reaction we would typically have in an interaction such as what you had. I think it'd be so easy to simply dismiss that person, say like, oh, I can't believe I'm going to have a conversation with this person. I can't believe they called me sweetie. But instead, you've kind of held yourself back and you've decided to seek some wisdom within what was being communicated, which I think most of us haven't developed, especially when I look from the outside into America, where it seems like it's so hard to speak across boundaries of beliefs that you've actually taken the time to understand the other person. And my God, you've used it not only to gain insights on how your competitors think, but you've also been able to turn it into the fuel that really reinforced why your why was so important leading to the success you had now. So thank you for that. You're welcome. It's such an important point. I mean, a a lot of people have asked me how I got there. And I think growing up in the tech industry, when you think about I feel like there's this collaboration, even though it's competition, I feel like there's this collaboration that goes on in the tech industry that is really about, I certainly saw it at America Online, where I knew people at Yahoo and Microsoft. And, you know, we were all smart enough to kind of keep our business and our secrets right to ourselves. But we still felt like just by talking and communicating that we would all learn. And it was kind of this unspoken rule that, frankly, I felt like when I walked into the food and beverage industry, it was 
people were very fast to size me up saying she's just this tech executive who has no idea what she's doing. It'll be a failure. She's a mom that has four kids under the age of six and she'll never, you know, I look back on like, that's awesome. Totally underestimate me and I'm good. And by the way, you're so smart and you know exactly what you're doing. And so let me sit there and hear how smart you are. And I think actually taking that approach, and again, you may walk into some of these meetings and kind of feel really small at the end of it. It's okay. Maybe you do have a lot to learn and maybe they'll be willing to teach you. Maybe they won't, but underestimating the person with no experience, the person who has a purpose for actually going into this business is the wrong move, right? That if you look at people, everybody from a Sarah Blakely at Spanx or Mark Zuckerberg didn't graduate from college, right? I mean, you look at these people, they weren't supposed to be successful. And I think for me, to your other point about talking to people who don't necessarily agree with me, I've actually made that a practice that I've now decided that I actually put myself into those positions where I'm actually talking to people who might think differently than me. I've been fortunate to be able to grow a company where I'm going to places that I've never been in America, where I don't have friends that are living there. And I always try and figure out what is going on in this community? I go out running, I go walking. I just start talking to the waiter. I start because I want to learn. And I think this goes back to something that I talked about. I enjoy life because I'm learning constantly, whether I'm learning to launch a new industry or meeting new people. I just appreciate. I realize more and more that life is not this way or that way. I always end up picking up, and again, it doesn't matter about your gender, about your education level, or any of these things. It's really about staying curious and wanting to do good and being kind and appreciating what you have and all of those like really important things that actually become meaningful when you put yourself out there to actually be a lifelong learner. I love it, Kara. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of the wisdom that you have. For those of you tuning in, make sure to pick up a copy of Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. And you might want to check out Hint Water to be able to grab yourself a beverage as well. So definitely look in the show notes. We're going to put links to that. And, you know, from what I, I was going to say as a distill, but I'll say as a infusion of what I've learned today, you know, a lot of the things that I think are really magical in the way that you operate as an entrepreneur is I see this incessant curiosity, like having that curiosity to ask the questions. And, you know, even if these questions you might quote unquote sound dumb because you're not an expert within this industry. You find yourself being able to find the real question where you can make a difference and disrupt the industry in the process. I've also been able to see how you've had that personal experience, that strong why that made you push past the doubts and realize that no, this is a mission worth pursuing and a mission worth continuing especially when you were in that conversation with a Coca-Cola executive where you've realized that this is not even within the frame of reference for your larger competitors. It needs to happen. And you kept pushing forward. I also love how you're always putting this idea of learning and growth as a priority. And it's made you always be able to question, surround yourselves with the right individuals, being able to listen, to take the wisdom and to have that beginner's mind 
even as you're growing yourself as an organization, you continue to put yourself in these situations where you can continue to learn, continue to grow. My God, Kara, I hope that I get a chance to try this hint water as I'm not in the US right now. So I'm really hoping for your success as someone who doesn't like pop, doesn't like juices and doesn't drink alcohol. I'm really looking forward to see if I could pick up hint and have a taste of this amazing water that you've created. And thank you for writing this book again. Everybody, pick up a copy, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. And thank you so much for being on the show. And everybody listening, thanks for tuning in. Once again, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Superhumans at Work. I'm very grateful for all of you who tune in on a regular basis, listening to these amazing interviews with these guests that I get to find. Now, if you're subscribed to the show, definitely leave us a review if you can and share it with friends so that we can spread the message and get more people to be able to learn of these fantastic ideas that they can bring in their everyday life. And these episodes, of course, are brought to you by Mindvalley. When you go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, you get to discover the transformational education that we get to deliver where we bring the best technology, the best teachers, and ensure that it teaches you what leads to a truly incredible life. Thanks again for tuning in and watching the show. And until next time, stay superhuman. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mindvalley podcast.